Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Each week, we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through the increasingly squiggly world of work. And before we get started on this week's topic, we wanted to let you know that we've launched our first Squiggly Career Summer School. Uh, And we thought that some of you might be interested to know a little bit more about it. So all the details of it are on amazingiflearning.com. But the three things that you need to know now are four-week programme covering four main topics, a different topic each week. So the first week's all about building your career canvas. So you've got a one-page summary of really what you want to get out of your career over the kind of short to medium term. Second week's all about confidence and resilience. Third week is about building your personal brand. So making sure that you and your strengths show up and stand out. And the fourth week is all about connections and career conversations. It's going to be four live learning group coaching workshops with Sarah and me. That basically means 90 minute Zoom sessions where we talk through models and tools and you get the chance to connect and discuss them with other people. So super interactive, but also very, very actionable. And it's a program for everyone. It doesn't matter what stage of your career you're at or what industry you're in. If you feel like you need a bit of career support right now and you want to get into some of these topics and really maybe accelerate what you're doing after the summer, then this is the programme for you. And so today we're talking about meaning and motivation, what they are, why we need them in our work and why they're so important to so many of us right now. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. I always quite like a blueprint for success, but unfortunately that just never seems to exist um, in anything (laughs) that we do. And that's certainly the case, I think, with meaning. There isn't a single blueprint for a meaningful career. So we can't say to you, oh, well, if you do these five things, what pops out is a meaningful career. But there are some really useful insights that you can reflect on that I think will help you to discover meaning for yourself. And fortunately for everyone listening, Helen's been doing some really deep diving research this week. So I got really got... into it. I discovered a whole new course and profession I want to do, Sarah. Oh, don't leave me. But we will also be talking about five actions that you can take to help you find more meaning in the work that you do. Some really practical, useful things that you can do regardless of where you are in your career whether you feel like you've got loads of meaning and want just that little bit more or whether you're feeling devoid of meaning and it's sort of you're very much kind of at the start of this process 
there is a book and a video that we'll include, but they are incredibly useful and we'd really, really recommend. So there's a short, very digestible book called How to Find Fulfilling Work, which is by a guy called Roman Krinerick. And Roman does a lot of work with School of Life. He's a kind of philosopher and academic. I think he has distilled a lot of really good thinking into something that actually is then very practical even though it draws on all sorts of kind of different resources and certainly I know when I read that it really resonates with me personally in terms of meaning and fulfillment how we get it where we get it from but also just his style of writing I think is really accessible especially given you know he's a philosopher and you think oh this is going to be too hard for me but no it's not it's a really good read and there's also a great video from the school of life which is less than five minutes which again just summarizes some of the key areas so if this after today is something you want to keep delving into they're definitely kind of two really good places to start and I actually reread that book prior to today's podcast. And what's really interesting is that I think most of us intuitively know that making a difference in some way, shape or form is how we'll find fulfilling work. And that's what we all want from the time we spend at work, given we're spending so much time at work every week. And the research really backs this up. So the most kind of satisfied people at work, the people who really enjoy what they do and kind of feel that sense of, contentment and you know happiness in terms of what they do day to day they're people who are able to kind of combine their talents and what's kind of described as like doing good quality work that then has some sort of broader benefit into society so it's bigger than just yourself but then kind of what that looks like and kind of how that shows up is very personalized and very different depending on what kind of meaning looks like for you which is one of the things that we'll go on to talk about in terms of how do you figure that out I don't know it sounds so lovely but I think yeah. some, it doesn't it sounds such a nice let's all find meaning but I think there are some very practical challenges with finding meaning in our work and when I was delving into the research on meaning there were a couple of things that really stuck out to me one was something that Alan de Batan shared and he talked about the scale of modern enterprises has sapped work of a lot of meaning and I found that quite a very it's visual Alan. isn't it it's very it's very dark <laughs> he would say it's good to be negative uh, but that idea that you know these organized organizations that were working in the pace actually that takes a lot of the meaning out of work he has a lot of it's part of that video that you mentioned Sarah he has a lot of gray buildings he paints yeah he does I watched it as well dark dark (laughs) picture but he talks about it's why people are seeking to connect with almost more tangible work more side projects because it gives them that sense of kind of meaning and connection to their work and Dan Cable also talks about The fact that we're now in these kind of squiggly careers means that some of the reward systems that we relied on beforehand and career ladders that we could kind of see and attach ourselves to, they've disappeared. And so people are looking for more reasons to believe in the companies that they work for, whether that's a small or a large organisation. So I think it's just some of the challenges that we're in this really interesting inflection point in careers where they're, they're moving from this ladder to this squiggly environment and all of that change and that pace and some of the things that we relied on before have gone and have disappeared and people are searching for the thing that they can connect to instead and they're searching for that meaning at work. Alan de Batan actually also shares three things that make work meaningful. So as well as painting his rather grey pictures of buildings, he also (laughs) gives us a chance to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So the three things that he says that help make work more meaningful for us are if we can do work that connects us 
to the work that we do. So our deepest selves, our motivations, we've done podcasts before on values, but if you can connect your values, your identity to the work that you do, that is one way in which you can make your work meaningful. The second is if you can think about the service that your work provides to other people. And the third is that if you can see the impact on your work on others. So we're going to delve into this in much more detail and make it more actionable, but I think that's quite useful, that idea of connecting it with yourself and your identity, providing a service and seeing the impact. If you go no further, write those three things down and think (laughs) about that in your work. But hopefully you'll keep going with us. So we're going to go through now five actions that we hope can kind of help you begin this process of finding meaning. And I think it's important to say at this point that I think meaning changes. I think it's dynamic. What meaning looks like to you today could be different to what it might look like in five or 10 years. And I think as Helen and I have both been thinking about this, we've both realised that it has definitely kind of shifted over the kind of stages of our careers. And the other thing is that meaning doesn't mean saving the world. I do speak to a lot of people who I think put such expectations on themselves in terms of what does having a meaningful and a kind of fulfilling career look like? And of course, that might be part of it. And I think because we see it's more visible that we see other people, perhaps with careers where we feel like that's what they're doing. So perhaps that's what we should be doing. I think if that's what you want to do and that's what your values are and that's really what you're driven by, brilliant. But please don't kind of hold yourself up to this kind of panacea of feeling like we should all be doing these very kind of big important things for kind of society that is just one kind of strand of meaning so action number one is really about understanding what means the most to you I think it's a really important kind of starting question to almost try to think about what are the different sources of meaning that might exist for us at work and which ones matter the most for you personally which ones do you feel kind of most connected to so just to get you started and to help you start to think about this here are kind of five different sources of potential meaning and perhaps this is something that then you could be prioritizing as I kind of talk these through and kind of go what would be top of the list for you what might be a bit further down and then you can start to get a bit more specific about kind of how this shows up so one source of meaning number one could be your company this might be the brand that you work for the type of company that it is the type of kind of environment I guess and the kind of the identity of that brand The second could be society, which is more the corporate responsibility, the community. Perhaps that is a little bit more in the saving the world category. The third is about customers. Could you get a real sense of connection and meaning from customers, the customers that you work with, that you work for? Four is about colleagues, so people, the people that you work with, whether that's within your direct team, within your organisation. And then the fifth is about individual growth. So kind of almost more personal development, learning, I guess, feeling like you're maybe progressing kind of personally. And I was thinking about this because, again, I think this is where I really appreciated how these have kind of changed for me over time. But certainly for the majority of the years that I've been working, I think I've got a lot of my meaning from customer. So I've primarily worked in marketing until the last four or five years. And marketing is all about kind of being the voice of the customer. And actually, I worked in some industries that perhaps I could never have imagined being in. So if you'd have said to me I was going to work in financial services, I think I would have always been really surprised that perhaps I didn't feel like I got the skill set or wouldn't ever kind of fit in. 
And yet, actually, I was always I always got a real sense of meaning from helping people to manage their money or particularly when I started working with certain customers where I could think, oh, well, I'm helping these people who are trying to start up their own business to get the money they need to do that. Or I'm helping students who are going to university for the first time get the cash they need to kind of get started. I actually found a lot of meaning in that. And I can really see that during the, my kind of four or five years working in financial services, once I started working with specific kind of customers, I really felt a sense of kind of responsibility. I felt more fulfilled and I felt like I was kind of making a difference. Nothing to do with kind of particularly saving the world, but I still, I felt like I was being helpful. And back to that kind of definition of doing kind of great work that benefits broader society, I felt like I was having kind of a bigger impact than kind of just me doing a good job in in my job. So it was definitely customer for me. I think I probably went through a few periods where I was thinking it was perhaps more about society because I worked in corporate responsibility. I kind of enjoyed that. And actually, I was thinking like now, I think I'm very kind of connected to our like purpose. So actually probably to the company, because I guess it's your company, you then kind of make a transition to think, well, why does my company exist? And for us, it's about kind of making careers better for everyone, democratizing career development. And that has an incredible amount of meaning for me in terms of my motivation. So even within those priorities, it's changed for me. But I find that a useful lens just to think through kind of what means the most to you. You can also have a really good team conversation with this. Mm. I was thinking I was listening to you. I think mine's much more about company. If I think about uh, Virgin and Microsoft and my last two corporate organisations, it's been that company impact and what that company stands for that I've really, really connected with and it's really motivated me to want to work for them and to do my best work for them as well. I think you could have such a, a curious conversation with people in your team about of these five areas, which one means the most to you at the moment in your career. So our second action is all about connecting the what of your work with your why. And the reason you want to do this is that the research shows that people are more motivated and grittier when they think about why they are doing something rather than just what they are doing. So the what can almost be deprioritized, reprioritized, doesn't have that meaning and connection, but the why has a deeper, a deeper sense for people. And there's a professor of management at New York University's Stern School of Business called Batia Weisenfeld, who says that a really good action to take so that you can find that why behind the what is to ask yourself, why am I doing this three times to help you to discover the meaning and bring you a bit closer to your overarching goal? So, Sarah, I'm going to do a live test of this for you. I know. (laughs) Okay, Okay. So I want you to share, that's very very directive, I would like you to share (laughs) one thing that you're doing at the moment that sounds like a what, like a deliverable, like a a task that you do for Amazing If, and then I'm going to do the why am I doing this three times exercise with you. Are you up for it? Obviously. Okay. Is there, is, there, is there an opt-out at this point? Well, or? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not really. really. No. Yeah, go on. So what's the what's? So you and I take it in turns to do lots of our posting on social and things like Instagram. So this week I'm in charge, as I like to think of it, of our Instagram account. Okay. So why are you doing that? Because I want to make sure that our community on Instagram, who are incredibly supportive um, and who I love a lot, get useful career content from us regularly. Okay. And so why are you doing that? Because I'm committed to making careers better for everyone, kind of wherever they are. And I think things like Instagram help us to do that. 
why are you committing to make career development accessible to people wherever they are? Because I think I experienced that career development is often just for the fortunate few. And I'm really passionate about democratising development so that it's for everyone. So if we stop there, because we don't Did that work? Yeah, I I think so. I think our three why. So what you said there was your why would be about democratising career development so that it's not just accessible to the fortunate few. So I think we've we've gone from you posting on social for a week to this actually was a very big <laughs> statement of meaning in three questions. So I think it works. There you go. Does it feel what, what we preach? <laughs> Does it feel like a motivating statement for you to democratize career development and make it accessible? Is that like does that yeah, feel like think, a why? I think that is probably my ultimate why and I think I'm actually getting better at really thinking through with all of the actions that I take, the tasks that I do day to day, how do they connect to that? And then if they don't, ask yourself, like, why not? So it's it, it's actually interesting from both uh, definitely the meaning point. I also think it more practically helps me with prioritising. So I think it almost has like a side benefit as well. It'd probably be really useful to pick sort of five activities that you do in a week, do the three whys and see if it all ladders up to the same mm. big why. And if it doesn't, that might be insightful. Why and not? Point, yeah, you might do the why not. So there you go. Uh, actions piece takeaway, everybody. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So action number three is all about designing your day and how taking ownership for your choices helps you to find meaning in the work that you do. And this is really inspired by some research that Daniel Kahneman has done in lots of experiments that you can read loads about. We'll put all the resources. They're actually really worth reading. And Helen and I have tried to summarise them and it's very hard to do on a podcast. But essentially what he gets to is when we make positive choices for ourselves, so I guess feeling control of our choices, we are kind of five times more committed to the outcome. And actually when I was thinking about this, is natural, isn't it, that we are more motivated when we have determined how we want to spend our time, what we want to kind of spend our time on. That kind of feels quite intuitive, but then often we don't necessarily always kind of think through the implications of that in terms of our days, like day to day. So I think what you can do practically here is think about when you're thinking about your day 
and you know the tasks that you need to do what choices are you making about how you spend your time and if you can be really clear about this is a good use of my time almost to the previous point that we were making and am I spending my time well then actually just by the act of doing that of really kind of reflecting on your week you're much more likely to kind of feel ownership and meaning and fulfillment in the work that you do. I remember when I was at Microsoft and I was feeling really overwhelmed because my I was in meetings constantly that I didn't feel like I was really choosing to be in. And I think I had a Christmas. I think I took it was over Christmas that I was like, oh, when I come back in January, you know, you use these like calendar moments, don't you? To yeah. like sort, sort your life out. I was like, when I come back in, in January, I want to kind of more consciously opt into my working week. And I really took stock of my diary and said, okay, I'm going to block these particular times out. I'm not going to do meetings in. I explained it to my team. I explained it to my manager so it felt like I was making more choices about how I was spending that time on the things that were most meaningful to me but that I had their buy-in as well and it's of course sometimes it was challenged and things I just you know had to put in those slots but I definitely felt better when I looked in my diary and I felt more like I designed my day in a way that I was more inspired by and also felt like I was doing more for the company as a result of it as well. Yeah, and I think even today, I was actually talking to my partner who uh, was in a lot of meetings today and at lunchtime he was saying, oh, I just haven't done any work. And I said to him, well, do you not see those meetings as doing work, as valuable time? And obviously I'm really annoying, you know, asking questions <laughs> like that. Um, and he was like, oh, actually, yeah, they they were actually really useful or I helped someone on this call or in this conversation. And I said to him, well, that feels like that would be a good use of your time. And I think it's just kind of really questioning that is going what does a good use of your time look like you know not assuming that it always has to kind of look and feel the same way really kind of personalizing it and I do think sometimes we get so caught up in tasks that we kind of forget about like a really great conversation is a really brilliant kind of use of your time and if you go back to making a difference to other people is often how we find meaning if you have a conversation where you've just made someone's day better by helping them prioritize that can actually give you an awful lot of meaning. But sometimes we kind of forget to ascribe meaning to things like that because we just think, oh, it's just got in the way of a document I need to write or PowerPoint I need to do. Wise words. I think you've also said that to me before about that. But that is meaningful, <laughs> that the way that I spend my time. <laughs> uh, so action number four is about connecting personally to your work. And Dan Cable, who's done a lot of, a lot of research around good work and what good work looks like, he talks about anonymity in an organisation can affect our sense of meaning. And so I think when he was talking about this, he was really focusing on the size of organisations. You know, when you're in a large organisation, you might see yourself as a, a cog in the wheel and you might really think you know how meaningful are my actions but I think this is actually really relevant to how people are working right now because I Mm. think that people are feeling more of a sense of anonymity They, they don't necessarily feel as seen or as heard because everyone's working virtually and they're you know working from a room in their house and they're not connecting so much so I would imagine quite a lot of people are feeling a sense of anonymity right now at work I think I feel this more now oh that makes me sad well just because we don't we don't see each other and that's and we don't see people in real life. And that's quite a dramatic shift for us. And though I definitely get some sense of connection, obviously, because we still connect virtually. If I have a day where I'm not doing any delivery, so not doing any kind of workshops or kind of training with groups, I really feel it. I definitely kind of feel a sense of a loss of that connection to what we're doing. And I've noticed, actually, because I've been thinking about this, I've noticed over the last week and a half, all of my best days are always days where I'm doing delivery. Yeah, so there you go. 
Interesting insight. It's very insightful. It's ma- it, it makes me sad, but do you know what? I also get it because I think I've had those moments as well where I've been like, what's this day if it's not that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> which always feels quite because there's some kind of poetry coming from that somewhere. But, uh, but back to this action number four then, connecting personally to your work. So one way that you can connect personally to your work is you can think about the impact that your work has on somebody and start to kind of dive into that a bit more deeply. So if you go back, for example, to those five areas that Sarah talked about, one of those five areas that you can find meaning in your work was the customer, for example. So one way that you could connect more personally to your work is to think about what's the impact that my work has on a customer. And if you can't say that, actually maybe go and spend time with a customer so that you can experience it. I remember one of the times I worked a long time ago for a company called Capital One, and um, we were designing, I worked in the marketing department and we were looking at new products for the customers. And on one of the particular days, I went shopping with a customer with their credit card. I remember we sat in a Costa and they talked about their card and what they were buying and how they managed their spending and also some of the challenges that they had with their spending. And I got my job so much better when I understood that that person sometimes struggled to pay their bills or what it meant to them when they got a shiny new card. Or at the time, Capital One allowed you to put a picture on your card. I really remember that. I remember remember the trend for that personalised like bank cards and stuff Well, and that person was like saying to me oh and it's it's got my children on it and it always makes me feel really happy when I'm buying something for them and all of a sudden there was like an emotional connection behind the work that I'm doing so just think about those five areas that Sarah talked about you know the company society your colleagues your customer your individual growth and just think about maybe what it would take for you to connect with that on a more personal and tangible level And then the final action, so action number five, is about knowing and kind of remembering that you can find meaning in many places and that you find meaning by doing. And this is really encouraging as all, I think, to think about experimenting and exploring to discover meaning rather than reflecting and musing, which (laughs) as much as I enjoy both of those things, and even Roman Kreinerich, who is a philosopher, and this is a quote from his book, he says, we do then think, not think then do. But he is really encouraging us to try stuff out and to remember the point of, you know, that we often say about having a number of possibilities, a number of future selves. We don't need to kind of be anchored to only one kind of version of the future. And so I think part of this is not putting pressure on ourselves to feel like there's an ideal job that we are searching for that's going to give us meaning. Actually, it's more about, I think, kind of finding jobs that we think have the potential for meaning and then learning and exploring kind of as we go so not kind of holding too much kind of expectation at any one time but also remembering we don't need to get all of our meaning for the work that we do and the kind of value that we add from our day jobs of course that's ideally where we want it because that's where we spend most of our time and if you know you really feel like you're not getting that of course that could be a good prompt to think about okay so what next or what now But things like volunteering, side projects, hobbies, things you could do in your industry, other things you could do outside of your direct job, even for your team. I think just getting really curious and we talked before about kind of the value of staying curious will really help you to almost be active in searching for meaning and fulfillment rather than I think this kind of passive idea that we have in our minds that we know it's important we know it'll be valuable but it can feel quite vague and I think this really starts to a put us in the right mindset for meaning so there's not going to be a nirvana moment that's the thing I sometimes get worried about that people kind of expect there to be this nirvana moment of meaning and I don't think it quite works like that I think it works by knowing yourself kind of having those insights 
taking action and then to that point of you learn by doing so you're doing and then you're reflecting and I think each time we're all making small adjustments you know we're making choices we're making decisions to get that little bit more meaning in our lives and in our careers and that's certainly been my experience is you know I've had some jobs where I've had lots of meaning some jobs with maybe a little bit less but probably each role and each opportunity as I got more experienced and kind of better at thinking about this for myself I think I I do think I've had more meaning kind of almost like the older I've got kind of the better I've got at thinking about reflecting and kind of taking action but there's no guarantees I think you know you can think you're going to the job with the most meaning ever and it doesn't quite work out but that's when it's really important to remember the whole you know we're going to have four different types of careers we're going to be working forever so don't get too caught up in finding meaning kind of just in the short term so that's everything for this week we hope that has been insightful for you we hope it's given you some really clear actions that you can take away all the links to all the resources will be on our website so just go to amazingif.com and then the podcast page and you will find everything there and if you'd like a little bit more podcast inspiration this week and you've got time to listen to one more then we recommend the Slay In Your Lane podcast which has just recently launched and they've got episodes including one on lockdown routines and also one of the most recent ones Um, it's called Black Lives Matter all day every day so we definitely recommend that you have a listen to that podcast thank you so much for listening today if this has been a useful episode please do rate, review, subscribe so that we can help more people with their careers and we'll be back with you very soon thanks everyone What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.